And, uh, yeah. We're actually live. No, yeah, in, in the mountains, in, uh, the Colorado Rockies. The Rocky Mountains. I figured they'd be a little more rockier than this. <laughs> just about to say. <laughs> fucking, that John Denver is full of <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, right out the bat. <laughs> The ironic part is we're probably in the most scenic Rocky Mountain area that you could possibly be in. Check the stories. Yep. So, right now... We got ourselves a four-legged friend. Oh, we got a puppy coming in. What's up, big fella? <laughs> hey, guys. You want to hang out, buddy? <laughs> right. Sorry. Sorry about that. We're, uh... We got a big old dog. Yeah. Got a brown dog with us. He's, uh... I think he wants to join the party. And short of breath, it sounds like. Yeah, he's been short of breath. It's elevation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, you sit down? we are overlooking Estes Park at 9.30 at night. Go. Go, go, go. So we have beautiful like horizon. You can just see the Rocky Mountain National Park. You can see all of Estes just glowing. So... We are in probably one of the most beautiful mountainous spots. But it's just, it's so hard not to drop the John Denver quotes in there. Uh, it's fully, uh, fully acceptable. And, and, and it was filmed here. It was actually filmed at SCS, yeah. the Stanley Hotel. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber Fun was fact. filmed here. Yep. So I think, yeah, I think that's a... So that's a, actually just piss off if any of you don't like that. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, fucking piss off. <laughs> piss off, mate. Yep, yeah, this is the... Yep, we'll have a British accent for this intro. <laughs> since we insulted the, the Asian community, we're sorry. <laughs> but, yes, Good thing live... Good Asian listeners. <laughs> no, not yet. We yeah, might. You never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know. But, uh... Yeah, an interesting live recording <laughs> above Estes Park on a, a couple of brews. A couple of brews and a pretty good trail. Yeah, we won't release the name of the trail. Many people know where it is. It's not really hard to find. It's pretty much one of like three up in this area, but nothing much for wheeling. But as we've before mentioned, the camping and wheeling or the camping in views is is. Uh, Definitely at the top. So, oh, yeah. Even the, the beginning of this trail is fun to me. Yeah, you should do it at night if you actually want it to be challenging. Do it yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. So. But it was a quick weekend trip, you know, yeah, for both of us. because somebody has a yeah, birthday. That's, that's not important. <laughs> that, that part's not important. Jake is actually turning 65 25. tomorrow. 20, so. 20, 26. <laughs> 27. 20, 28. 28 and a quarter. <laughs> But, yeah, figured, why not? We both are pretty dang close to Estes. Why not run up here and do a super rad little, you know, camping trip? Yeah, a little one-nighter brought the, well, you brought the whole family. Yeah, we I both guess. brought the whole family. Yes, we brought the whole family. You guys, you heard, guys yeah. you heard one of them earlier, <laughs> yeah, so. <you've> introduced one. <laughs> That's Brantley, in case you guys care to know. Big old labby dab. Yeah, he's a, he's a hundred-pound lab. He has trouble breathing. He's been that way his whole life. He's as, he's done, asthmatic. So. Yeah. <laughs> right? Elevation gets to him. Okay, leave it that way. Yeah, and we're up here. We, we're, we're probably nine. I would say, yeah, nine plus. We'll have to look on... Onyx Off-Road. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Wish they were. Wish they were, yeah. It'd almost be cool if they were. But. We can we can dream. Yeah, we're, we got a, we got a half moon. 
We have excellent views. We're in the mountains. We're sitting on some granite rocks overlooking, as we said before, the town of Estes. And, and we're under power lines somehow. Yeah. Still. Yep. yep. You might pick that up. Yeah, a slight down. buzz. So, or slight if, buzz. if things go just instantly quiet, then maybe we got zapped. You yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. In that situation, we pr- you probably won't hear this, though. So <laughs> Hopefully not. But it does, now that we've focused on it, it seems to get louder and louder. Yeah, Jake. Jake, what are you what are you drinking on? Um, I have opened a shock top. Shock top. Belgian wheat. Belgian wheat. So basically, uh, uh, blue moon essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, more hipster version of a blue moon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be cool to do it. And you've got a massive fucking fister of a can. <laughs> We've got a thirty-two ounce sad panda. And what they call them? Crowlers. Crowlers. Yeah, for all you beer connoisseurs. Connoisseurs. Not a growler, a crowler. Yeah, it's a crowler. It's a crowler. Can crowler, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But we had started before we recorded a little manual automatic talk. We got booted by the women. They weren't interested. Yeah, they started they, talking no. mad shit. So yeah, so we had a yeah, we decided sit down to our our great view, <laughs> as the as the children called it, a great view a of great Estes, yeah, great view of <laughs> Estes Park. Heck of a view. But the main reason we bring this up is because Riley's in the Sequoia tonight. Yep. And obviously the Tacoma is a automatic, so this is not your first wheeling because you wheel that thing in Moab quite a bit. We did Hell's Revenge with it. We did Gemini Bridges and Long Canyon Road. What have you done in in Colorado? Um, With the Sequoia, all we've done is um, we did Webster Pass uh, a couple weekends ago over the 4th. Um, We did Radical Hill, uh, which was definitely definitely a a much bigger bite than uh, I could chew. We did it. It did fine. Uh, Like dragging is what you're saying? Like body parts? Uh, yeah, that and Underbelly. the uh, the wheelbase and length of that tank was the width of the trail. Anybody who knows where uh, Radical Hill is, it's it's a goat track up the side of a mountain at about yeah. twelve thousand feet in a full size full SUV. size SUV. Yeah. yeah, so switchbacks where there's a, there's still a snowmelt uh, shelf on one side. And then there's about a 30-point turn with a, a, a solid 1,000-foot drop-off one side. And uh, the old girl doesn't turn well in uh, four low, so... Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's... Even mine's the same way. You tight turn... Yeah. It's That's a lot of wear and tear and strain, but... Exactly. So we Compared to the little little forerunner, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole other monster. It is. But yeah. the conversation got into... Uh, the, the trail that we're on has a lot of fun rocks at the beginning, which might give it away. I mean, if if you know this area, you know where we're talking. Yeah. But the point is, there's a lot of fun rock, little challenges. It's your standard Colorado granite. Yeah. Like, just not as intense as other trails around the area. But you can get yourself into a situation that's kind certainly. of fun. Yep, certainly. And so, really, the, the whole conversation started, which hopefully we can repeat, because... And we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just the way that the automatics drive is kind of how the conversation started. And I enjoy it. I think once you get to that point of really focusing, kind of like we talked a little bit last podcast, but once you get to focusing on purely driving, you know, uh, obstacles in front of you kind of thing. Yep. 
I think the the automatic just is one less thing to worry about. Yeah, manual, don't get me wrong, the, the manual side of a vehicle is, is amazing and fun. Does give you that driving experience. But I think there's something to be said about, you know, the automatic is just it's the auto the auto lets you drive the trail. Well, it's a weird way to say somebody, it. It's, if we're not right, whatever it is. My forerunner is a manual. I, I wheel the manual. Yeah. I, I have wheeled the manual. I continue to wheel the manual. Sequoia obviously is an automatic. automatic yeah. So basically, like, the auto takes away the more... Would you say true driving experience, maybe? I don't, I don't even know if it's that. I guess, basically, uh, to your point, the auto lets you enjoy the trail yeah. more so than yeah. focus on the vehicle. Yeah. So, and that just depends on your level of manual driving experience. So, And gearing, I think, is another one, you know. Well, uh, and, and to contest that, manual transmissions are typically geared lower yeah. than autos are. But we've got the torque converter, exactly. and we can stall that torque converter out and still be in a gear. So that was kind of a big one we talked about was... This is what we're jumping into. Yeah, was, um, you know, for instance... Kind of going back to our Hell's Revenge climb, if you watch both videos, watch Riley's on his Instagram and watch mine on the Brother Bound, Brothers Bound one. But a Bound one. <laughs> um, yeah, I might be too close to these power lines. <laughs> but <laughs> um, there is a difference in speed in the sense that, you know, once Riley engages clutch, then he's out of power. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of where it is, is... I can stall a torque converter out and still be in power. I can get on the brakes a little bit, but still continuously have power in an automatic. And what do you call that? Uh, like brake stalling or... Is it brake boosting, power boosting? Brake boosting, power... I think it's one of those whatever... Like, yeah, there's so many slangs for it. Yeah. So it power just, braking... Just, just run through it. Yeah, yeah. For, for now, I would say power braking, if you want to consider it that. But it's mainly just... You know, uh, pushing in your brakes a little bit to get some resistance in the vehicle, but keeping RPM up in the in the motor to continue to stall out that torque converter in a way. And that keeps what from uh, happening? Power into the wheels, and the prevents you from either losing power or even just losing traction. Wheel spin. Wheel spin. Um, and it's it's a little more consistent too. You know, not so lurchy. I think that's one of the big ones why I do it is all kind of brake boost, power boost, uh, the you know, however you want to call it. I think power boost is more of a, brake boost is more of a diesel term. You, if you want to get that technical, but yeah, I just pretty much, yeah, apply a little bit of brake, stay in the throttle consistently, and then my brake is almost my throttle. A little less brake yep. to be more power, you know, to, to move more, get a little bit more, you know, uh, movement out of the vehicle, but the whole thing, I think, for me is it's consistency. Yep. You know, with the gear ratio that I have in the vehicle, you know, that's the best thing I can do. Not the, it's, it's not the best thing that I can do, but it's what works for the gearing that I have in the truck and the obstacle I'm working on. Yep. But it is the the, the main thing on that was it's just for the automatic, control. yeah, control. I want to yep. keep like every time I climb an obstacle, I want that to be smooth. I want a nice, smooth, you know, articulation through the feature or, you know, a nice, smooth, you know, exit or climb. However, whatever feature I'm tackling at the time, 
And there's plenty of videos out there where the truck is lurching and I jump forward and, and you're not as experienced in it. And that's one of the main things with the brake is I can kind of slowly ease on and off that brake with a consistent power and throttle. And it's just kind of doubling down, I guess. Now, there is a minor setback to that in torque converter yeah. longevity. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you work it over for sure. So that's... Where I'm coming from is, so my wife used to have an auto forerunner. She had a yep. locker with the center diff lock and all that stuff. I've My forerunner is manual. I have a rear locker in it. But the difference is, is that the auto, you have all that control. And when it comes to, I want to say, I guess it's driver experience, certainly. Yeah. But like the accelerator. So you can just hold the brake down if somebody's in front of you, right? Yeah. And then all you yeah, do is let yeah. the brake off and you and just... And I'm right back into it. Accelerate, yeah. right? Manual, you're sitting there like, okay, I'm on this 40-degree incline and I have to somehow balance Not letting stalling. the clutch out, rolling yeah. backwards, going forwards. A lot of people just pull the e-brake and they'll slowly mm. like mm -hmm. let off each one, just drop the e-brake and they'll roll forward. Yeah. So... The Sequoia, and I don't know how many of you out there actually wheel full-size SUVs, but full-size SUV, you have way more power, right? But you have way more weight. Yeah, because you're V8, yep. but you're probably a 1,000-plus pounds more than me. The curb weight is like 6K. Is it really? Yeah, she's a big girl. Holy shit. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah you're definitely up there. Yeah. Which I assume, I've kind of figured it was, it was, it's up there it's, in it weight. It is an enormous vehicle. Yeah. If any of you saw my story, the difference between a first-gen Sequoia and third-gen In the third-gen, yeah. As we said before, is just absurd. So, I have wheelbase to my advantage. Um, Power. I guess the way you see it, however yeah. you want to see it. Shorter wheelbase, longer wheelbase. The So, Jake, your second-gen Tacoma has a slightly, mildly longer wheelbase than the first-gen Sequoia does. Yeah. So, basically, the first-gen Sequoia for these purposes, is in between a third-gen 4Runner and a second-gen Tacoma. Well, in, in, in actual measurement, I believe if, if you Google... Uh, 4Runner's at 105. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you are, like we said before in the last podcast, you're pretty damn close to an LJ. TJs exactly. are short. Yep. But you're pretty close to the Jeep width. But yep. um, I believe Toyota says the Tacoma ranges from 120... Nine to one thirties, one forty range, yep. which I assume is a double cab long yep, bed. Exactly. So I I would only assume I'm probably the one thirty, maybe one thirty five range on wheelbase. Yep. And I would guess the Sequoia first gen Sequoia is about one twenty five. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. Yeah, yeah one twenty five without putting a tape on those. Yeah, I I think we're in a good so probably close range. Jake has a really. We'll say really long wheelbase, which most of the Tacoma people out there, I think you'll agree that Tacomas do have a real long wheelbase, which yeah. kind of affects that breakover angle. And the well, Sequoia yeah. isn't much shorter, but it's kind of in a real good spot where I have a solid break breakover angle, but I'm not super long where I'm catching the everything. We'll say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I drag, yeah. I... And the way the Tacoma, I haven't looked under the Sequoia, but all of our Tacomas have such a silly low cross member on the T case. I would say the Sequoia is probably the same. Is it yeah. about the same? Yeah. But I mean, you hang in in the exhaust on the Tacomas hang even lower than that. The Sequoia exhaust is is tucked up pretty well. Is it? Yeah. So, muffler wise, is 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 huge muffler, but 
other than that, like everything else is is tucked. Yep. See, so. and that's the problem with I think the Tacoma is your wheelbase, that cross member, and the exhaust, which I've got the scar tissue to prove it. <laughs> that um, and unfortunately, I still still to this day am not running armor underneath that truck, which. Apparently, I. That's a good. That's a good point to segue into yeah, as well. Russian roulette. Yeah, my yep. vehicle. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Sequoia is the same way. I. You have factory skip leads. I got fat. Well, what you consider factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Sequoia, the Sequoia that we have, me and my wife have a, a 2002 Sequoia, and it has zero skip leads. It's got a gas tank skid, but it, it has other other other. Than there's that, no. There's no oil. I have no engine oil pan transmission. Really? I don't have nothing. That's funny. There. I mean. They're probably not meant, like, from factory, they are probably not thinking that these things should... Uh, it was com- competition with the Expedition. Yeah. And the Tahoe. So, anybody out there who's got a first-gen Sequoia, they are absolute animals off-road. Mm. I will say that much. Like, they they share the same, so... And, pick on the ear, right about. <laughs> Dove into another rabbit hole. Yeah, but power through it. Essentially, the, the transmission and transfer case is the same as a second-gen 4... Or, I'm sorry, a third-gen forerunner. Is it? Yeah, up until 05. They were the same trannies. Has the same tranny transfer case. Okay. Yep. I, would, I mean, I would have said Tundra, but... It's the same as a Tundra, too. Oh, well, look at that. Now, yeah. fucking learning every day. <laughs> look at that. Tundra, so Sequoia is based off the Tundra as... Tundra and the the forerunner share similar parts. Yes. Yeah. So, it, for anybody out there, first-gen Tundra, Sequoia... Is the equivalent of the Forerunner Tacoma, the third gen Forerunner, and the first gen yeah. Tacoma. All four of those different vehicles share the same upper ball joint, upper control arm, and lower ball joint. Every across the board, from Forerunner to Tundra and everything in between, they share the same front ball joints. Lower control arms is different, yeah. so don't confuse that. But the Sequoia and Tundra obviously have the four seven V eight. And the, ton- the Tacoma and Forerunner have the three four. Yeah. So, and the difference between a fourth gen Forerunner and the first gen Tundra and Sequoia is the first gen uh, Tundra and Sequoia are not all wheel drive, as with the V eight fourth gen. Which it's is all the wheel same. drive. It is. It, yeah, it's all wheel drive. But the fourth gen Forerunner is similar platform to the second gen Tacoma. Exactly. So with it's, the it's, V six. With the V six, so. it's it's da- yeah. I mean, it's damn near the same thing. It, which literally, yeah. Um, we've, I mean, we've mentioned before plenty, but you know, more into the, the tranny side of, of all of it. As we, after we just delved into this yeah, absurd, I'm trying to bring us out, exactly trying so, to pull us back out of I'm here. I'm sorry, but <laughs> this is, this is one of the, one of my first, I would say under 10 times I've wheeled in automatic. Yeah. This Sequoia is an automatic, plenty of power. V8's got a great torque band where you kind of just, you get power. Wherever you want it in the torque yeah. RPM range. And wheelbase is great as well. Yeah. Kind of right in that middle middle range. So it's not too long. It's not too short. There is some body parts that are a little hanging over. Yeah. she got a big bed. she got, she got a fat ass. Yeah. Um, my whole kind of setback with it is I've spent the last two years wheeling a manual. I'm super comfortable in the 4Runner. Like, I know the vehicle in and out. Yeah. And then jumping into an automatic where I have to. It's a learning process. I don't have to really is, is the thing. Um, it almost poses its own set of, I don't want to say challenges, just whatever obstacles for me in the driving experience where 
I'm trying to look out the window and see everything because with the manual, I'm like, where do I need to give throttle? Where do I need to pull back? Where yeah. do I let it roll over? Like that kind of thing. And then like jumping into the Sequoia, I'm like, I got power on tap and I really don't have to look out the window as much as I do in my forerunner because I know that regardless of the obstacle, I mean, I don't want to say that that's, that's a, that's a general statement. Um, but can you just... can focus on other things yeah. than what the clutch will allow you to exactly. roll over. Yep. And that's kind of going into like our last podcast when we were talking, you know, I, I'm pretty bad at not looking at spotters because I'm so used to, I've already planned out the route the best I can, you know, the 20 to 10 feet in front of me, right? And I'm I'm sitting here in an auto looking out the window instead of just like, I really don't need to do this. No. Like no. I can, I can kind of look ahead of me and you see can where focus I want to go. <laughs> and that's also that's another one for me that I, there'll be every once in a while I'll hang a head out the window, but it's it's not necessarily a you, you must do it this way or must do it that way. It's just for me, I was like, I don't want to be that guy that hangs my body outside the window all the time watching because then I'm not looking at the passenger side. So that's another well, thing. It's kind of hard to see the passenger side, anyways. But it is. But <laughs> when I'm hanging my head out the driver window, looking at that driver tire, I'm not looking in front of the truck anymore. I'm not looking no, at certainly. obstacles in front of me. And I've done that a couple times, to where I've been sitting off the side, staring at a uh, the <laughs> tire exactly, and then I belly the fucker out because I'm not paying attention to what's in front of me. So, I'll just real quick when I'm in my forerunner, I'll look ahead. And I'll anticipate, like, let's say, uh, um, I'll be like, okay, here comes, like, driver's going to go up or down. Yeah, going to yeah. go up or down. So, like, I'll look to the passenger. I'll really look at the passenger line ahead of ahead of where I'm driving. And then I'll hang my head out the window and follow that driver tire. And I'm like, I know if I have my driver tire right here, like, I know I can avoid and or I can anticipate what the passenger's going to do. Because I know where my driver's at, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think my argument to that is not necessarily the, ter- the terrain will change in, in seconds or even inches, but um, it could be something on the lines of, you looked at this obstacle, it looks like you're lined up on your passenger, you lean over and you play with steering on that driver because you can see the driver and now you're off that line. And, and Hell's Gate's great. Yep. Uh, uh, example. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so that's one of those I've just tried to, and it's more of like just a, a skill to learn while wheeling. I've tried to focus on keeping my head inside the truck, staring out the front window so that I can survey everything in front of me and line the truck up where I need it. Yeah. There are probably one or two times where like maybe I'm close to a stump or a branch yep. or something that's going to yep. cut a tire. Yep. Sure. Passenger side, if I, I would like to see statistics of how many passenger side wheels, sidewall rips, tears, punctures <laughs> over a driver's side, which I truly, I mean, well, I pinstripes I, from we've been we I, I've had trail first experience on literally seeing the driver two driver sides pop off and not the passenger. Really, see yeah. that's funny because I would almost argue that the majority of Maybe not even blown beads, but, you know, punctures. You're too close to a stick, stump, rock, whatever, would occur on passenger side over driver. And that makes sense. So I guess in a certain experience, there's a, a log angled down. 
And for me, bigger tire, I just kind of roll over it. But with and this is in a trail with you and a couple of buddies. Yep. Like this. Okay. Yep. Just recently, I I had a minorly catastrophic failure. <laughs> <laughs> a little trail run with some uh... with some buddies. Yeah, we 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 had a good time. It, it's a really it's a really great trail out in Colorado. As um, long as your spinnacle your spinnacle stays yeah, where yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be. I'll jump into it. I'm gonna do it. I'm here. I'm, I'm gonna do uh, it. You're here, man. This trail we lost. Well, it was carnage. Not it, the trail carnage, but it there was trail carnage. It was trail carnage. It wasn't all of our group alone. We lost we lost a bead, just one bead. And the so third gen forerunner, the upper control arm eyelet where the upper ball joint mounts in on my truck just snapped off. I, I'm dude, trail leader, I cannot believe that. So it just, it, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, the thing just snapped in half. So my, my driver front tire just fell in, and I was like, sick, shit, yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but we. Happened to run into two other people who, one one guy had a Unimog, a Mercedes Unimog. Nice. Those are fun. He blew a bead completely off. That's On his, like, 45-inch tire. Those things. And then an 80-series Land Cruiser who blew a 35 as well, a a bead off a 35. Damn, dude. I just... And we had a guy in our group blow a 33. Um, And in that certain instance, there's a log, so we're going uphill... There's a drop-off on the driver's side, and there is a uh, like a root stump that is angled up on the passenger side with a fallen tree right on that drop-off. So what ended up happening was he tried to go up over that, the tire slid down, and sent the driver's side tire into the log that was sitting there and just popped and the just beat popped out the, the tire. Is the log just high enough to yeah. catch the top of the tire like right the on bottom, the bottom he actually yeah. cut the bottom of the tire so well yeah yeah, yeah that but just, right at the just, bead in the wheel yeah, yeah. It just popped it right off it wasn't anything it wasn't anything he did wasn't anything else it just it just turned him events yeah yeah and then at the spot where the other two vehicles blew beads i was kind of like how in the hell did you blow beads right here it's like there's nothing to blow a bead right here <laughs> especially <laughs> with a unimog like what i know the hell? that's a big <laughs> son of a bitch too man an 80 in a Unimog, like, how do you get any more off-road worthy than that? Right. <laughs> but um, I made it through the whole trail just fine. Where I shit you not, about 15 minutes from the end of the trail. And 15 minutes is about a quarter of a mile. And I went over a rock, and my upper control arm Snap. left the chat. So... I ended up leaving my tr- my truck on the on the trail, and my lovely wife and uh, she she took off work with me to go take our Sequoia that we're currently wheeling, and we drove it all the way down to uh, Lyons, Colorado, and drove her up the trail and did a trail fix, which was, was actually pretty awesome, pretty fun experience. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where <laughs> you never know. No, you never know. And and the Sequoia, it's big, it's long, it's wide. No, that that wasn't one of the first Colorado. Uh, that was yeah, like number two. Was it? I honestly can't. We we've been down the like the the place where I took you and Colton. We camped down there with the Sequoia. Oh yeah, but, but that's pretty much forest. But with when we brought my brother up, that's where you guys are at. Um. When Joe came up, 
Yeah, we were down in that area. Yeah, and so we were, we were, that's where the that's where the forerunner was. Yeah, so I mean that's that's a it's we a didn't decent do the whole trail. trail with the Sequoia. But yeah, so you didn't okay, you didn't have to actually get no, we didn't do it. She didn't have to get dirty. No, no, but she's been on like we said, Hell's Revenge and all that stuff, and and Hell's Revenge with the Sequoia was like literally like pushing a stroller. Yeah. As compared to the Forerunner, where I'm running three grand, well, and, four and a half grand yeah. on the on the Forerunner, trying to go up the hills, this Koi is just like meh. Well, and that's something I wanted to mention in our last podcast, but I had forgot about it and kind of wanted to bring it back up. Is when we talked about it last time, I think we had mentioned that like it's proving ground and it's such a yep. iconic, epic spot. But yep. my main reason is what I was trying to get to on this was. That that sandstone is so freaking sticky yeah. that you can get a vehicle on an angle that is absurd. <laughs> where you're looking at the sky. Exactly. And so that whole TJ conversation where it was picking tires and it was almost rolling over. And then we had mentioned something about, yeah, you climb up something and stab the brakes at the wrong time. On yeah, you're you're in angles in Moab that are so insane that yeah, if you hit the brakes at the right time, wrong time, you're you could put a vehicle over on its side easily. And so it is that's to me the Sequoia is a perfect platform for Moab. It's a big, heavy machine that's gonna put a lot of weight on tires yep. on some of the stickiest sandstone you've ever seen in your life kind of situation. Yep. I think out there it would do great. Yeah, tight ass did. trails in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. I've got pinstripes, you know. Oh yeah, no, we all over up, we my track. Some ridiculous, yeah, just you and so SUV over pickup, right? Uh, are you saying like uh, full width body damage type? I'm talking more like center gravity type situation. Pickup. Exactly. Yeah, I would say pick up nine times out of ten. So, like, Sequoia, we're sitting, we got a rooftop tent on the Sequoia, and it is a solid foot above where your rooftop tent is mounted. Oh, yeah. If Easy. Not more. <laughs> Easy. Because, like, full height, you guys have to be at least eight foot tall Sequoia. Uh, from, like, closed tent, um, ground to top of the tent is, like, seven foot eleven. Oh, so you're not, okay, okay. I, then, yeah, I misjudged that. But, yeah, from top of tent to ground, you're damn near eight foot. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. No, that's. Without, with the tent all the way up, it's over ten feet. Oh, like, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. opened up. Feet. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, like, wheeling aspect with a tent up there, you're, ten, it's. Eight, eight feet off the ground. That's and that center lot. gravity is absurd. Yeah. So, if, then, take it how you will. But it's, it. High center gravity isn't great for Colorado or in really any sort of wheeling no. situation. You want a, a high ground clearance and uh, low center gravity, which comes from tires and a minimal lift that you can yeah. get away with. Like, yeah, like we mentioned last time. Yeah. You know, at least exactly. two yeah. to two and a half, I think, is a safe lift with, yep. you know, a bigger tire. Because, really, you can lift a vehicle 10 inches if you want. <laughs> that diff don't go nowhere. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your rear diff in exactly. some of these vehicles, or even solid axle, that shit don't change. Yeah. You know, we can get a little bit out of the front of these IFS because of the way the, you know, the yeah. way that IFS works. But then you cut into, as we discussed previously, a, your ride shitty, quality is going ride. to be <laughs> garbage. <laughs> or you don't have CVs. Yeah, garbage, Johnny. Yeah, that's you, it. You yeah. fucking garbage, <laughs> Johnny. You fucking garbage. Your dad was fucking garbage. You were fucking garbage. <laughs> your CVs are garbage. Your fucking your CVs are garbage. garbage. <laughs> God damn it. 
I yeah, New Jersey, man. That's it's crazy. It's, that it's would be an hilarious. angry place. That's all I know. But <laughs> you fucking garbage. You fucking garbage. You fucking garbage, baby. You trash. Your fucking father's trash. You just fucking trash. Your Sequoia's trash. Your down travel's trash. trash. You got no CV angle on your shit. You're garbage, all right? Oh, and guess what? Susan said you got a small dick. <laughs> and Susie was right. Rabbit hole, okay. rabbit hole, rabbit hole. Bring us back, guys. White rabbit, white rabbit. White rabbit. <laughs> oh, we'll talk like Jersey women all day long. <laughs> we have gone. We hit a 30-minute mark on the podcast, and this is where shit rolls downhill. People. I'm trying to. I'm trying to gather my. I'm trying to gather my my thought. And um, so we start talking like Jersey women. That yeah, is yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah, way to sense, gather thoughts. It? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but no full size tip yeah. over weight. I mean, if you really like, I would be curious to cut the roof off of a, a let's say an SUV. Yeah, doesn't matter. Like we'll say Sequoia because it's relevant. Yeah, I actually put the from the liners to the steel the glass anything that is up that high and see how much weight is truly up there that's, that's a good point that's I good there point. it has to be an easy two three hundred pounds plus it's it's so with the tent up there because that's another hundred 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 fifty yeah. yeah without the tent up there um so let's say with the tent up there it, there's definitely some tip yeah like it feels no, much more it. tippy yeah. than, it, than it was um, we didn't have the tent in Moab, so it felt super grounded, and it was super comfortable, like, going on angles in my forearm where it's like, okay, I'm going to roll. <laughs> Sequoia was like, eh. We had, eh. We, had, we had a moment in the in the forerunner. We did. We don't really talk about it, but we had a moment. No, I've posted on my page. It no, was, it is on the story, huh? It is on one of your reels. It is on one of my reels. Yeah. It was a uh, don't get bucked off on the downhill slope. Yeah, um, it's easier going up than it is going down. Certainly, <laughs> I left my sway bar on, which not to say that I have a whole, you know, a, a whole four inches of travel. Yeah, with or in without my, in my front end. Yeah, <laughs> that was good though. That was a good recovery. I wasn't shitting bricks. I think Jenny was shitting little bricks. You looked. You went into full recovery dad mode. Yeah, I think I did because as soon as I seen the suspension unload. And you were unconcerned that the rollover was gonna happen. I'm like, Shh, stop, <laughs> stop. Somebody's got to care right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> stop because like uh, we, there is some competitiveness between each one of us. If you oh, haven't certainly. gathered that before, certainly. But well, it was it was just a situation where the rocks put you in like such an awkward angle that in a you know SUV there is a lot of weight up top. And for me, I I think I cut it. I cut it a little bit differently too. Well, you went wide. I went wide and then cut back into it. Yeah, and I just went straight up the steps. And it drops (laughs) passenger side deep. Like I mean, there's some big holes, and you're trying to turn left and the you know all at the same time. So body's trying to roll off the side of this hill to the left. The left side of the the forerunner is in this massive hole, and you're still climbing up left. So if you think about it, if you have no travel on the front end, basically what happens is when you try to bump up a step, with with the sway bar still on, you know, granted, it gives me a whole other inch of down travel. Yeah. But in this situation, the sway bar was still on, so what happens is when you try to go up a step, it's going to pick up that driver's side tire as you mm-hmm. bump up over it. And what that did with the back locked, kept pushing, what it did was push the whole front end passenger. Over. Yeah. 
and that what put me or that's what put me in a pretty sketchy situation where well in that hole too exactly so. it sent me right into that hole yeah. and kind of picked up the driver tire and you just kind of give that that where it now all kind of picked real up. quick let me let me pause you real quick on you you started picking up the driver that is where i think a manual would come in nice I think yeah, that's you where can, you could yeah. argue clutch yeah. in. It'll bring it back down. Exactly. That I could argue that part for I got, I got our 35s, man. I had to pound it. I had to pound the yeah, accelerator. <laughs> but that would be a good argument for a manual. But anyway, back to the front is lifting, the rear is pushing, you're sliding off right into a hole. And it wasn't so it wasn't so slow as that. If you can picture it, it kind of like almost hop and skipped over to yeah. the passenger side it didn't just kind of like push me over what it did was it picked up the driver which kind of sent the whole front end over to the passenger side which was where the hole was at which was at that point where i was just like Wee. I, i'm gonna die yeah so i haven't used my my worn winch but um that was a good situation where jake was already at the top of it and um jake to his win is uh, really good at recovery. Win situation. or expertise? Because, I mean, it's, uh, it's... You know, take what you got, vague. okay? I'm giving it to you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> really, really good at recovery situations where I'm kind of just having fun. I wasn't overly concerned with it. I stopped. Jake asked, he's like, can you roll back? And I was like, I'm not going to. And Jake was like, bust out the winch. Yeah, it, so. was, it was one of those... <sighs> You don't want to push it because no. you know I got to drive that shit home. <laughs> yeah, and and the the way that the forerunner was positioned, it it wasn't going to end badly. It or it wasn't going to end good. It the thing was unloaded, suspension was already all on no. that passenger side, no. and really the way that the wheels were turned, if he would have backed up, it would have only kind of rolled him farther yeah. to that passenger side. So it was one of those situations where, okay, you know. Stay in the car. You're, you know, I've got it. Stay in control of the vehicle. Let's get the winch on. Let's get it hooked up to the top of my truck. And I had backed up to a point where we pulled him even farther left. And we were hoping that. And it worked really, really well. Because the angle of the winch from my position to Jake's truck was driver. Which was what was unloaded. So what it ended up doing? We pulled was, it down. We exactly. Pulled, yeah. As we soon as I hit the, as soon as yeah. I hit the winch controller, it just pulled that side down, and yep. then all I had to do was give it a little gas, and she climbed right up. Not a big deal, but just one of those situations where it's like, know the rig. It could have. It could have. Like, oh, I could. I could. I could have top ended her easily. And we were so, on a close LeBron to a cliff James edge. flop. That's what I'm talking. It could have right flopped hard. <laughs> yeah, and there would have been no championship after that. No. 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 No, but in the car got to drive that shit home. Oh, you know how that yeah. is. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know to been because there was a ledge down. I, I think I had, I had plenty of clearance. I you thinking the trees would have caught you? I'd have just flopped. I think. I don't know. It was such a steep angle. That's the thing about it is, I don't want to test the theory because you know what the theory <laughs> ends up. But it was just one of those weird situations where yeah, you were climbing up a hill, but. There's kind of a gully down below, and if it's rolls, it's it's gone. I wasn't in that mindset. I was just like, you know, we got the winch. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, and it was. I mean, it was calm, level-headed at the time, and now we can sit back and be like, <laughs> what a dumbass. It almost fucked up. <laughs> you know, yeah, how fucked up that is. That's fucked up. 
That's fucked up. That's fucked up. How fucked up is fucked up. Mm, that's fucked that's up. Fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, back to that auto uh, manual conversation we were having about. But, them. no, that is a good, that's a good yeah. point to it, too, is, you know, if you get into a situation where any more forward momentum could potentially rock you backwards or roll you over and a stab in the clutch to get you kind of maybe back into a settled or a neutral uh, position, yeah. Um, and the way I run my truck, I drive it in the sense of a manual where I'm down in first and second gear a lot, yep. you know, not necessarily the clutch manual side of it, but I manually that shift that automatic, yep. Yep. you know, a lot in the way I drive my truck and, you know, for a lot of the Toyota, I assume the, the fortune forerunner is a similar way with the automatic, exactly where it's kind of the ratcheting way. shift all the way up. So if I have to Stupid get in, ass. I know. Like, right? what is the point of this? Well, the third year first is just like straight forward and straight, straight back. back, and those ones are like some of it's kind of nice because, like, don't you have a maniomatic setting where you can kind of push that over and like almost drive really shift? No, your automatic. You don't have that. Not like the the modern cars where you can go into a manual quote-unquote mode yeah and just like tap the and then tap and up and right. back yeah. yeah you don't have that mine is um it's... over to over and down to neutral or sorry over and down to reverse i believe down is to neutral down to reverse over and down to neutral i gotta i gotta pretend yeah. it in my in my mind <laughs> so break in it's down it's over and down to reverse and then you can go down into neutral and then over into drive and then over to third, fourth, down to second and third, or second and first, and that's just a left and a right. So um, the way that I run the truck is usually I'll ratchet it down to first and second, and it's a slow speed, maybe crawling up or descending something has always been in first. Try, you know, let the, the manual or let the tr- uh, transmission brake the vehicle instead of me always on the brakes, you know, um, slowing the vehicle down. And then I'll go into second and kind of play back and forth. So, you know, if a trail kind of smooths out and I can get a little more, you know, uh, miles per hour, I'll go into second. And worst case scenario, I'll go all the way to drive and grab all the gears in, in for low. But the problem being with, like, your manual, for instance, is... If I have to say I need to get into neutral or even reverse for that matter and need to kind of back up off of something or, you know, let the truck settle down into neutral and let it kind of roll freely for a sec, that for me is really hard because then I got to ratchet myself all the way back up into neutral and maybe I don't even get to neutral. I'm still in drive or I miss it and hit reverse or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, like, I can see where... You know, from a manual first to a manual reverse, it's a pretty obvious motion, and it's a pretty easy one if you're used to it. The my uh, my O six is oh, that's a weird manual. So it's a push in and up and forward. You good? You you all right? They're big big shooter. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> But um, <laughs> to help myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that could, that could be the six issue. Six-speed manual. I got the six-speed manual. We have some weird, funky 
push in Communist and reverse. bullshit where you go over to the left and push down and then go down and you're in reverse. Some it's, like and that. I did that the other day. I was at a stop sign and I was trying to get into first because, like we discussed previously, you know the 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 06 Tacoma has had some miles. We've got How our many sli- miles has she got? She's got 275. 275. 275. I just clicked over 268 in the Forerunner. Did you? And you felt that. You felt that shifter. Yeah. But you 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 haven't rebuilt that no. shifter. No, I haven't touched it. Jesus Christ! What the fuck is wrong with the Toyota? That's- <laughs> That's that's thirty plus thousand miles on that shifter since I've owned it, and she's she's crispy. Yeah, that that one of mine's needs to be rebuilt. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure mine has been rebuilt at some point. Yeah, because the way yours feels is what two hundred seventy thousand miles should, should feel probably like. feel <laughs> like. Yeah, that's true. Not not what mine feels like. Yeah. Mine feels like it's about a hundred thousand. So yeah, like. but that is kind of the nice thing about it is for the automatic that is a journey to try to get into reverse or maybe neutral. For yeah, and and I in guess a situation. In, in your situation, so with me, so with the with the Sequoia and the Tundra, it's a it's a column shifter. So I'm well, that would be even I'm, harder. I'm, I'm well, I, I don't know. It's just forward, down, and up. But it's, to try to hit neutral in a column shifter, I think would be a tricky one for sure. If, if and if you're if you're my wife, yes, it's extremely difficult. But <laughs> oh, that's park. <laughs> nope, that was third. Fun fact: so that shifter bracket. Oh, yeah, you did have to replace that, huh? I forgot about that. I was driving home from O'Reilly's one day because I picked up some interior cleaner because my wife loves to not clean up her car. <laughs> We're live. Remember that? Yes. You, yep, you got okay to answer. She's heard it before, so. <laughs> I'm driving home, and this is where I first was like, what the hell is going on? I thought I put the vehicle in park, right? Yeah. I'm in the O'Reilly's parking lot. It's is it park. like rolling I see, backwards I see or park. what? I see park, and I get out of the car, and it stays in the same spot, okay? I come back out from O'Reilly's into the parking lot, and the Sequoia is, like, on the curb, just in the middle of their landscape. (laughs) And I'm like, did somebody get my car and and, and just reverse it onto the curb or some shit like that? And I get in there, and it's sitting in reverse. And I'm like, what What the the hell just happened? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it's this shifter, which has been boned since we were in... Moab because it would it would have the hardest time getting into low gear. Yeah, I'm driving home. I, I was like, I'm not gonna drive the main streets. I'm gonna take the back neighborhood streets because I I don't want something to happen where I'm totally effed. Yeah, in a main street <clears throat> in yeah downtown. I pull up to a stoplight. I'm kind of fiddling with it just to feel it around and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I can like take the shifter and just like pull it out completely. And I'm like. What, what, whoops! And I look down at the little the little lights where it shows what gear it's in, and I'm like, it's in low. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control what's going on. The longest drive ever to home. I'm going 30 miles an hour, and I'm at like four grand. I'm like, I can't shift the car. <laughs> so I hop on the old YouTube's, pull all the shifter column bra- uh, plastic apart, and sure enough, I look in there and the where the the actual handle for the shifter plugs in, there's an aluminum bracket where this little, like, ball joint essentially has... So you've got the ball joint here. He's making. He's indicating yep. with his hands and, right now and, and a very the, uh... ironic gesture. So just assume in what he's doing and talking about balls and joints. Okay. You've got the shifter. Back to the, story. <laughs> the shifter and the ball joint and, uh... <laughs> and, uh... 
It's completely removed. It's broken. There was no lube there. That's what that's the bracket like. was gone. Yeah, it was. I was say you you the posted pictures somewhere was in half. So we got a, a brand new shifter for some hundred plus dollars from Toyota because nobody makes one except uh, for Toyota. Of course. Get it fixed. It's beautiful. It shifts amazing right now. Okay, it is perfect. I can slide through the gears just like it's lubed up perfectly for that sixty-year-old guy and his Playboy bunny girlfriend. Yeah. Hugh, he won sixty. I think that guy was one hundred and ten. I think he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hugh. Hey, man, you had a good life. Enjoy it. Anywho. <laughs> anyway. Now, it's really not that big of a deal because it, it, it grabs gears so well when you pull the shifter now. Yeah, so you can actually play with it in first, second, bounce up into neutral if need be pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. with yours, you've got, you, you have three, two, and low, right? E four, four, two, four, three, two, low. Wow. That's... Well, one. Yeah, no, it's low. It says yeah, L on very it. convenient. Yeah. So all I have is drive to low. That wouldn't be bad, though, yeah. Well, I've got a four-speed auto. Yeah, You've yeah, got a five-speed auto. Yeah. So I've got two settings below drive, and flipping between them isn't hard at all. And with the Sequoia, fun fact, uh, pre-05, they all come with center lockers. We have an O2. Low gear is the center locker switch. So when I shift it into L, it locks the center diff, which... Take it how you want it. May or may not give you better off-road traction. Yeah, but it's just a true four-wheel drive at that moment. Yep. Yeah. So, super easy to switch between it with the new shifter and everything like that. I don't have to go through Jenga to get it into (laughs) whatever I want to get it into. It's just slide the thing in and out, back and forth. It's lubed now. Grease is great. It slides amazingly, especially in and out. But and so you can play in low and second pretty easily I now. can play in low real well. Yeah. Which so, I assume you used climbing up this trail today. Certainly, yeah. So we just did all that flush and shit. We talked about it. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm going to baby the shit out of this transmission. I'm well, yeah, that's high. understandable. Yeah. It can do it in four high. It could probably do it in two high for the most part. Maybe not the beginning, but the rest of everything that we did. It can oh, do yeah, it in two high. yeah. I'm not even going to play around with it. I'm not going to use 4i. I'm just going to jump straight to 4-low, put that extra gearing in there. Yeah, and let the tranny, or let the T-case do a lot of the work. Exactly, yeah. take a load off of everything. And well, just... and, and that's the other thing about a lot of these trails you'll see out here, even Colorado, Wyoming, of like, you'll get up some big climbs into some of these hills, and then you got a big climb, or you got a big descent. And so it is nice to use, I, I just am used to using the motor, like I was saying, to slow me down than braking, you know, and it's, it is kind of nice to be in that low first, second gear, use yeah. the motor, use the tranny to slow you down instead of constantly being brakes. Which off. is definitely where the manual brakes. takes over because I have like low gear for low in an auto. It'll still kind of run on me. Yeah. Yeah. First gear for low in the manual is that's the gear you're in going downhill. I almost have to give it gas just to get it to move forward. So, especially Hell's Revenge fins and things going down those extreme angles. Wait, did you guys actually do the full fins and things, or did we just do the short one with me? That's all I've done. Okay, yeah, Yeah. anyway. 
But we did all of Hell's Revenge, and Hell's Revenge got some pretty, pretty oh, yeah. damn decent inclines yeah. and declines on it. And with my Forerunner, I wanted to see what would like where it would take it in first gear. Because the first time we did it, I just wanted like I was so nervous about the inclines and stuff like that. And the last time me and you did it, it was like I just let off the clutch and let it roll and see what would happen on those the, the big inclines. Yeah, and it would the tranny would catch up and actually start holding you. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it, as soon as you let off the clutch, it would kind of roll forward up to a certain point and get about three grand, and then it would kind of grab it fully, and I wouldn't even have to brake going down those super it, yeah, steep Yeah, then you would start using the motor, the motor of the transmission to actually start braking you. Yeah. Yep. Whereas with the automatic, it was like, I gotta be on the brakes the entire time. Even in low gear, for low, I, I still have to be on the brakes or else this shit's gonna run away. Depend, so. Depends on the situation. For, for the Tacoma. For my Tacoma, I can usually do pretty well in low, depending on the grade. Moab is another one that's just... Like we said, you know, it's so steep that some of the angles you're on are not angles that you should be on no. in a vehicle. <laughs> so, you know, the, I here in Colorado and Wyoming, rarely do I need to, like, be in the brakes if I'm in low. If I bounce into second, yeah, I'll be on the brakes on and off here and there, descending something. But that's also going back to the five-speed versus yeah. the four. You know, Sequoia probably wasn't designed to be off-roading all the time. No. You know, I, I, I would think that transmission was built for lugging, loading like the like yeah, we do out I here. Think, I, I and I'm almost I mean somebody skewer me if I'm wrong, but it's Tundra. It is the exact Tundra platform. Yeah. It's just a just it's got a SUV frame on it. Yeah. And I don't know if but I think they built it to compete with the Expedition and the Tahoe, which are mom soccer mom cars, and oh yeah, and that's yeah. what it is. So yeah. it's like I don't know, like because you have the option for the third row seating too, don't you? Yep. Or does it have the third row? We our third row is currently being used as living room seats. Nice. Yeah. What did you hear that? I swear I heard a banjo. Nice. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think I did. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, I think, yeah, for, you know, this, I don't want to use the soccer mom phrase, but, you know, let's say a big family. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. I can, it's a perfect platform. That's kind of, that's, you know, the giveaway. That's why we got it because it was like, we got two foreigners. Why don't we get a bigger one with more power and more seating? Well, and you guys are getting married. You're, you're starting your guys's family. Yeah. You know the kid thing. That's uh, when it'll happen. We got space. We you got, got we you got, got room to go. We got goddamn seating for eight. <laughs> you right? fucking seating for if eight. If we wanted to have six goddamn kids, we could have six goddamn kids <laughs> and still go off roading. All right. <laughs> Let me fucking tell you something, Babby. I got seats for everybody. Your grandmother and your mother can come too. Okay. That's what I'm goddamn talking about. Okay. <laughs> Plus, we got the goddamn forerunner. We could put another four goddamn people in the forerunner. <laughs> We could give the whole goddamn ancestry in our goddamn cause, okay? Fucking dot cam, okay? <laughs> Fucking dot cam. But on that note, I think that's probably our solid spot yeah. to end. And we're getting the warning heads up. 60 minutes is all we're allowed because we're on top of the world, motherfucker. On top of the world, motherfucker. We're in goddamn hill of the goddamn... 
strip a pole, okay? This, yep. See, this is where I say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for staying tuned to us this long in the podcast. I hope you learned something. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Either. I think maybe, well, let me, let me phrase this. We bitched about what we didn't like. Yes, about. you guys probably didn't learn anything, but we did. Yeah. This rock I'm sitting on is starting to hurt my ass. It's in we, my ass. And we need to move. It is in my butt. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> I need another beer. I drank the whole 32 ounce crowder. Oh, so gosh, too good. Jake's having a heart attack. Oh, I'm dying uh, over here laughing. I'm going to have to give him mouth to mouth. Eventually. Okay, so let's end this before we'll it's it. recorded. But as always, guys, we appreciate you staying tuned to this week's podcast. Um, we will double decker, bitch. Double decker. No, I'm excited. We've recorded twice in one week. This is a big move for us. So you're, what, what's going to happen is you, you guys got a, uh, a podcast yesterday. You're going to get a podcast. What do you say? Tomorrow, Monday? We Tuesday? could probably, or do we want? Yeah, we'll we'll throw this one out as soon as we can. Okay. Yeah, we'll play. And then you guys then, get another one on maybe next Friday week. Next week. Yeah, maybe maybe next week. No, don't, we're going to be better about it. I promise. Yeah, or not. Not. Okay, we'll try. I love recording. It's a we'll great try. time. I it's hope good. you guys enjoy the content. In person is so much better. It is, but incredibly better. Even though it feels about the same, but it's it is better. It's better. Anyway, as always, guys. I am Jake, brothers bound on Instagram. I am Riley, and you can follow me at turtlejet underscore t four r. I don't know why he whispered it, but we're gonna <laughs> let that go. <laughs> and comments, likes, any of that stuff you guys have for the podcast. Please. Yeah, send it to our Instagrams because we don't really, that's that's our best form of, yeah. our platform for communicating with you guys on here on, on the podcast. So, wait, Sequoia also has an Instagram. You can plug that? If you, the, you, if you that? care to know. Yeah, plug it. It is into underscore the Waldies, and that's it. Yeah, little little play on Into the Wild. Into the Wild. In, my last name's Waldy. Into the Wildies. Yeah. <laughs> do you, real quick, did you hear they moved the bus? Yeah. 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 They actually hellied that bus out of there. Yeah. I That's did. pretty wild. It's kind of depressing to me. Uh, if it's immortalized somewhere, I think it'd be cool. I, it's not going to be. No, it's going to be recycled. No. Scrap I, is... I was very upset about that. That's old school iron. That thing's yeah. probably worth a, a good amount of scrap. Yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway, guys, with that, we'll check you next time.